welcome back to Castle Rock Critical in our three-episode marathon that is finally coming to a close, apart from all the editing that needs to be done. So technically, my marathon goes on. As does mine. uh, I'm joined, as you can hear, by Emma. Hello. They're dropping like flies, dropping like flies. We lost uh, Lucy and we've lost Gareth. It's just us two. The, the true Stephen King fans yep, to, to go through episode three, the ties that bind. Kingship troopers. Yeah, it's, uh, I have to say, there's going to be spoilers and there's going to be a lot of Easter eggs in this one. But Emma, what were your thoughts on what I thought was an excellent episode? I bloody loved it. It was... I was on the edge of my I, seat. I just can't get over the pace of the show at the moment. It is like a hundred miles an hour. It's an, but it's amazing though because and we were talking about this an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, in the last record for episode two, in that season one took its time, and and season two is doing this wonderful thing of getting like just getting us going. Like there is no, it is relentless. I don't know. I like it. How there is going to be seven more episodes worth of material? I I, I literally well, am sitting there thinking, okay. So where they, where do we go from here? Like, where do we go? And that's quite exciting in a way. Yeah, it but is. It, but it's also a bit terrifying to me. I'm just like, is this going, this is going bonkers, isn't it? They would only, I think they would only go this quick if they've got something really fucking good to show us. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I thought that the Easter eggs in this one were gorgeous. Um, They were spectacularly done. They weren't corny. It was just fantastic. And, and I have to say... Um, I was gripped the whole way through. I mean, you and I just watched it together. Yeah. And, you know, we said a couple of things, kept shouting out, oh, this is from that, this is from that. But yeah, basically yeah. just hooked the whole way through. It was slick. It was exciting. It was scary. It was edge of your seat. It's a five bloob, mate. Oh, boy, howdy, five blueberries. Now, um, for anyone who hasn't listened to the other two episodes that we've recorded for this or any of our other Castle Rock Critical or fan critical stuff, we rate everything on a blueberry scale. Yep. Very simple. Yep. It's from zero to five. Zero is the worst. Five is the best. And there can be no harm. You can't half a blueberry. Oh, we I don't have... allow it. It's no, a harsh but scale. It is nonsense. Uh, so I have just given this a full marks five bloob. <sighs> you know... Lenny, what do you think? I'm going to echo the five bloobs. Are you? It could be the gin talking. You haven't had that much gin. I have had gin yeah. for the first time in it's, about 17 years. It's, it could be a combination of that, my severe tiredness, and only seeing the episode once. Usually, yeah. we like to watch the episode twice and report back on it, but we wanted to get the content out to you guys as soon as possible. So it's quite fun doing it this way. We did it last year, and it's quite fun just to yeah. kick the season off. I don't know if it's a combination of all those factors, but the last, I don't know, 20 minutes of this episode, I really loved. Yep. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan in the last 20 minutes is fucking phenomenal. Blew like, me away. Blew, blew your blueberries away. It was um, it was so good. Just, just She is just absolutely killing it this season. I'm not saying anything against our boy Henry last year, but as a protagonist, he bless him was very one note for a lot of it um you know and it took a while for him to start like you know really expressing himself towards the end of the season and getting those memories back of all the things that happened and blah 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 but lizzie kaplan is just fucking the range that she's having to work with here she's hitting this with 100 percent straight i'm loving it and uh more 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 of it please i mean i don't know how she can I just don't know how she can get better from this. It feels like she's just on a downward spiral. By the end of this episode, you're kind of just like, well, you're fucked. You're absolutely That's fucked. That's it. You know, um, so I loved it. Five bloobs. I, I I, just love the start of this season. And I think having the Annie Wilkes story 
is really helping it, right? Yeah, it really does. I think grounding it in Annie Wilkes especially, but also the the kind of Salem's Lot um, law, I think is is a great way to do it. I loved season one, and for me, it's one of yeah, the best seasons I've seen on TV. Yeah, hundred percent. We years. the listeners know we love it, yeah. even though the ending was a bit jarring for some people, and that's a that's a consensus across the board. Yeah. We defended it. Um, and also criticised it at the same time. You know, we could see the pluses and the minuses. Well, but over, over, yeah, overall, great season. Well directed, well shot, well edited. Sound design's amazing. Acting was very good. Yeah. But I can't think, fault that. I think season two has something very different about it, which is that um, yes, season one was amazing, and it's for I, th- I think it, it is either for someone who's never watched Stephen yeah. King. Or someone who fucking loves Stephen King. Mm. Whereas season two, I think everybody has seen Misery. Most people yeah, well, know Misery. Yeah, it's an Oscar winning film. film. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know Kathy Bates, James Kahn, you know that story. Yeah. So I think this opens it up a bit more. But what it does is it gives you the opportunity, I think, to, to hit things a bit faster, get that tempo up and running. I, I'm loving this. Yeah. And I also, what I really love is when we all get to watch it together. Yeah, I really nice. enjoy that because it means that, and I love doing that immediate reaction thing. We do that is something that you know isn't a regular thing that we get to do, and sadly will be something we might be losing a little bit of. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, it is. It has been quite nice to watch these episodes all together. It reminds me of my, our Game of Thrones watches, Aww. and they were very fun. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard that content as well. We had uh, live reactions and stuff. Yeah. And it was great to have this little marathon and, and go through these three episodes. But let's jump into the plot, um, you know, go through some of the intricate details and then the Easter eggs in King Corner. Sounds good. Before we do, quick advert, you know the drill. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us on this three episode marathon today. We really do appreciate everyone that's listening. If you're listening for the first time, uh, please do subscribe if you're enjoying it. And, you know, if you want to, you can throw us a little review on iTunes. We do like them. We love a review. Um, Sometimes we read them. We've got loads of really nice ones, and it is absolutely delightful when I just get a little, you know, notification of my day. We've got another review. Oh, lovely stuff. Um, If you are watching HBO's Watchmen, uh, which has started off fantastically as well. It's a great time for television at the moment. Mm. Uh, we have started a new podcast called The Watchman Watchers. We are on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, we covered the pilot episode uh, this week. It's excellent. Please do go check that out. If you're into high-budget superhero drama, it is brilliant. Um, just to say as well, you can, of course, sponsor us on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash fan critical go on there have a look at the tiers any questions feel free just to email us and that's at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com and we do want your feedback so let us know your feedback please everybody right so we kick off the episode with a couple of things at the end of last episode we saw ace merrill out the back of annie wilkes's car no hanging out the back of it hanging the back of it unbelievable um (laughs) Yeah, And she gets out to check if he's there. She sees him. She runs inside the house. And, you know, she's a bit frantic. And the camera's doing that really cool, like, looking at her frantically, psychotically uh, sort of thing that we talked about. The misery sort of thing that we talked about. But but this is a bit more extreme, you know, the the same way that misery was shot. Mm. And you're like, and we question this, and we'll come on to it later in the episode. But I said, he's definitely dead. (laughs) 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 Um, But (laughs) I genuinely... I don't know how I feel about this. Even though I love the episode, this is my one problem with the episode um, and we'll come on to it a bit later. Mm. But she's been a bit psychotic in the house. She can't believe it. We cut to um, Abdi 
saving Pop. Did you like that? Do you like the fact that you saved him? Yeah, I do, because I think that actually, ultimately, there is some kind of connection there. Whatever it is that he's done that he doesn't want, you know, Nadia to know or, or whatever. Mm. Um, I think there is some connection there regardless because Abdi wouldn't have the life he has without Pop. Um, and Correct. also I don't think he wants that guilt on his shoulders. Uh, so I am glad. I don't think he's a bad guy either. No, I don't, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think either of them I think he's like, you know, fronting up a bit and trying to yeah. act like the head of this, you know, yeah. group of people. And he has to show face and he, ha- he can't just like admit his feelings towards pop and later on they have a conversation obviously where he says he doesn't want to see his sister sad but i also think in deep down he doesn't want to you know hurt his father essentially yeah and and i think also it would be a crying fucking shame if we lost tim robbins in episode three well this is this is the thing so when ace died you know died in i'm doing the little (laughs) quote thing air quotes i was like oh that's mental they killed him off straight away it's just like kind of ward and lacy right like in the first season yeah but you saw flashbacks of him and stuff. And yep. I was like, okay, maybe we're going to get that. But hey, it looks like I was wrong. So if anyone dies, don't worry about him. They'll just they'll just come back. So it's absolutely fine. Yeah, it's not like it's George R.R. R. Martin writing this, is no, it? Oh, God. Well, Good old JJ. Some of his characters come back too. But spoiler warning. Only in the um, Well. Oh, apart from one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but no, I, I liked it. I think it, it was good. And, and I, wanted, I wanted more of that backstory. I want to know what this secret I'm is. I'm sure we're going to get a... Oh, several more flashbacks. There's already been about six in the first three episodes. Well, episode two was quite flashback heavy, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I hope we get more of that relationship and it looks like it's developing quite nicely mm. from a viewer perspective anyway. That seems to be the most, one of the most sane parts of the show at the moment. The rest is absolutely bonkers. Bat shit crazy. Um, a bit of reality, a bit of reality here, talking about it not being bonkers. We have Joy... And her new gang of friends channeling the body, literally physically channeling the Stephen King short story, The Body, or Stand By Me, as you people who yeah. don't read Stephen King might know it as. You know, Hey, you want to go look for a dead guy? Yeah. Hey, you want to go look for a dead guy? <laughs> Guys, want to see a dead body? And the ironic thing about this, and I know we don't need to talk about it in King Corner because it's obviously no, it's obvious it, yeah. here, but... It, it's just funny how they're like, yeah, that guy Ace Merrill, we need to go find his body. And it's funny because obviously he's the central bully character yeah. in the body. So the uh, irony of it is amazing. It's, and, it's and quite a nice flip. It is. And actually, when they go sort of like tromping off through the woods with their hash brownies, I loved that it. We later discover it was fantastic. It, it was so, it was so stand by me. It was, it was so stand by me. And you mentioned Stranger Things when we were watching yeah. it. Just the idea of getting away from the madness of. Uh, this crazy storyline that we've got at the minute. I mean, I can't get my I can't get my head around the storyline at the minute. There's so much going on. You look rather perplexed, Len, to be honest. But then there's just these four kids just going on a little adventure, and I like that. Obviously, Mm. with some hash brownies, even better. I mean, I wouldn't recommend never have taking a hash brownie before and then taking one on a rowboat in the middle of this giant lake, Castle Lake. In fairness, I don't think Joy knew it was a hash brownie. No, bless her. She's very innocent. Should we talk about this whole lake bit? Uh, The lake was, for me, a bit of a shocker because what did we hear, Emma? Schisma! We got old schisma. Um, How good was that, though? I love it. Carking back to season one uh, and that whole noise and as soon as you heard it, the both of us were like, schisma. Yeah, I was like straight away, schisma. Oh my God, schisma. And then they kept going back to it. And I was like, okay, is this going to be a central thing that they're going back to? Or is this just a little thing saying, hey guys, like I said in the previous Mm. episodes, I want these little pieces of information fed to us from last season. Yeah. And they do, and they talk about, um, you know, oh, that Warden Lacey, his head's still in here somewhere. 100%. Love that. Yeah. Right. That is is very good writing. Like, 
I think the writing last season was very good. I think I think the the execution of the finale was slightly off, but I think generally the the dialogue was was on point. And I loved the way that they they sowed the Easter eggs last year. And this year they're doing it again, but they're giving us Easter eggs from season one, and Which I'm is liking that. What makes that. it so much better as well, because and, yeah, it, people who've not seen season one will be like, "Well, who cares about that? I mean, why yeah. would you watch this if you hadn't?" But, yeah. Um, but for everyone that has and was so excited to see this, just getting those little nuggets is just great. When Joy jumps in the water and she comes back, oh, up I was and goes, like, "There's such a weird noise under there." I was like, "Oh that. yes." But I was also kind of like, I said this to Emma when we were watching it. I was like. Um, Oh my god! What if she? Cause what if she comes up and she's in a different time oh, period? That would have been brilliant. I was sitting there going because we've seen the, the witch flashbacks in the promo material for yeah. the season, and I was sitting there going, "How are they going to fit that in?" Maybe just flashbacks, obviously. But I was, I just thought it's, it's crazy stuff going on in this episode. I was Probably like, exciting. you know, he is a bit bonkers, isn't it? This 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 whole season, it's I, nutty. I, I can't. But I like it. Yeah, I do like it. But I'm happy we saw the schisma. Do you think it's going to relate in any way, shape, or form? to the actual uh, season or do you think that's just a nod for season one viewers? I think, well, I mean, I don't really know what they're going to do with the next seven episodes considering the roller coaster we've just been on for the yeah. last three hours, yeah. five hours. Um, but I, I think it's just going to be a nod. Maybe something will happen at the end. Maybe. But I, but I feel like it's just a nod to season one and I like that. It doesn't have to be this big thing. I, um, yeah. You know, it might be, we talked about this before, about the parallels, about like what if we did four or five seasons and the yeah. fifth season pulls everything together, uh, like the, American yeah. Horror Story type thing. Yeah, that that to me feels like they should have done the schisma last, you know, because that would have then yeah. really tied it all together. You could have gone, well, you see all those stories, they all existed in alternate universes or something. But it, I like the idea that they're giving us the information. Mm. I hope we get more schisma stuff. Um, it's also nice to sort of have these 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 kids just enjoying themselves on Castle Lake. Like Castle Lake is horrendous from my memory and Castle yeah. the Woods, you know, everything that happened there and Henry Ugh. disappearing, Molly getting shot last season in that weird alternate timeline. Oh, shit, yeah. All that stuff that was going on. Like it's just nice to have a nice sunny day. Um, you know, just hanging out with the schisma. Just literally hanging out with the schisma. Yeah. No need to worry about it. It's just funny noise under the water. Funny noise under the water. It's just the hash, man. Don't yeah. worry. Just well, the hash. That could be it as well. Um, <laughs> Annie visits the Marston house after seeing Mel. So she goes back to the Marston house. She's looking for a necklace, isn't she? I think she's looking for the necklace, but she's also um, curious, I think, about what happened. Mm. Because I think she's questioning her own reality. And we said this I at the end. Now. Yeah, 100%. I, Not mine, know. I mean hers. Well, well, always question your own. <laughs> you said it at the end of, uh, we said it at the end of last episode. She's an unreliable narrator. Yep. Uh, so when I was like saying how, you know, I don't believe that she's actually seeing Ace Merrill is because she doesn't believe it. Right. So I was thinking, OK, I'm with you on this. I, I think you, you know, I think you are going a bit psychotic. Mm. Turns out, you know, I was wrong. Fine. And she was, you know, wrong. She actually was seeing him. But I think she's doubting that her very sense of reality is slipping away from her well, here. I mean, wouldn't you in this situation, like if you were seeing a guy that you remember killing with an ice cream scoop by pounding it into his throat. Yeah, literally out the back of his throat may as well have been. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you started seeing him walking around, wouldn't you fucking lose the plot? I, I mean, mean, I would have no idea what was real and what yeah, wasn't. It's, it's, let alone if you already know that you're suffering. For me, it, was, it, it her visiting the scene was something the season's done very well at the moment, which is using the horror tropes to a very good extent. Now, 
she's walking around this dilapidated house and you just see this really and i'm not saying the guy isn't like he's a good nick this boy right but the way they shot it and the way he was just like Ugh. loitering the back of shot it reminded me of something very alien and like something just it was very the scary posture. yeah posturing and walking around behind her in, in scene and i was like who the fuck is that? It was sort of that, like quite lithe, but slightly hunched back yeah, thing, was, which is very kind of. It was fucked up. Well, I mean, it is. It's alien, isn't it? It, just it was completely it, mental. Yeah. So, so then he appears. And it's like, oh, it's that Somali guy from last episode. It's the guy who got axed to death. Yeah, axed and in the head. Head, head axed and yeah. body axed. Just yeah. completely fucked. Absolutely fucked. And he's eating. What is he eating, Len? He eats a, a whole egg. So Protein. I mean, look, I'm, I told you he's in good nick. You gotta eat your eggs in the morning. I'm just saying, if you want to build some muscle, how do you like four, your eggs in the morning? Five, Whole six and eggs. Raw. Yeah. Well, sometimes you know, Disgusting. quick and easy, if anything. But it was, this was for me when I was like, right, okay, what is this in relation to? Now we're saying pet cemetery vibes, maybe, but there's this goo on them. So I, this what's was the a- goo? I don't know what the goo is, Len. Well, I can come out of my clothes. Well, um, God, Jesus. <laughs> I'm joking. That's definitely not happening. Uh, this was the point where I went, fuck, maybe we aren't getting vampires. Maybe this is like, and it made me think vampires. of things like, you know, when like um, bugs put you in a cocoon. Yeah. Well, I can't think of a film where that's happened. Oh, Lord of the Rings, uh, The Hobbit. The Fly. The Fly. Yes. Great heart back to that. Um, it, and it felt very kind of bug-like. Yeah. To to channel Lucy. Bugs. Bugs again. Bugs. Bugs again. Uh, yeah, and that was when I just became baffled because I cannot think. Well, it's something I haven't maybe read. Maybe a bit of Tommyknockers. Maybe, but that's, but that's more, a push. That's more like culty indoctrination via that signal green thing. Oh, there is some gooey stuff in that. Okay, fine. Um, but not really to this extent. I mean, that that is stretching it a bit. I cannot think where this is going, and and I and I like that because I thought I knew exactly how this season was going to play out. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't an egg, it could have been a completely peeled pear. It was definitely an egg, but yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, no, this guy's alive. Meryl's alive. Later on, there's some other people as well, and it feels we've just covered Stranger Things, and it does feel a little bit like, um, mm. you know, how they. The flayed or whatever they were called, you know, yeah. the, the the sort of soldiers of the of the the flayer, the, the, flay, the mind flayer, and and it feels kind of like that invasion of the body snatchers kind mm. of vibe. Um, that's what the goo reminds me of because in several iterations of body snatchers, you know, it's very yeah. gooey, cocoony. Um, well, it is that cocoon thing, th- isn't it? It's gross. Yeah, and that to me doesn't really feel like Stephen King. It doesn't feel like him. It feels like I'm watching some other like sci-fi pastiche or something i don't know but let, let, i can't wait to find out more about it i am also only halfway through salem's lot so maybe that's how vampires keep their victims i don't know gooey bathtubs uh, i'll check i'll let you know so. when i finish it next week listeners. okay good good to know yeah um, do some giggling. Um, so, no i like i like the sense of unknown yeah yeah i do i'd be really interested to see what um gaz and lucy think of this episode I'll be fascinated to see what they... I'm fascinated to see what John thinks of this entire season so far. <laughs> uh, when he gets around to watching it, I, I hope we can get him on a, a few podcasts this year. Um, but I'd love to love to hear his take on it. If you thought Gaz was grumpy, wait till John gets here. <laughs> um, so Ace Merrill, as we just said, is alive and he goes to see Pop Merrill. Um, Out of fucking nowhere. He looks, you know, fresh as a daisy. Um, he looks a little bit wonky let's be honest vacant I think maybe is the vacant. word vacant yeah, but this is what's confusing me about this 
reanimated corpse situation, right? This scene, he's vacant and saying weird sentences and Pop even goes, why are you talking like that? Cut to the scene literally a minute later. He's driving down the road, listening to classical music. Drinking a bottle of red wine. Drinking a bottle of red wine out of the bottle and uh, in, you know, making a police car pull over and stop him. Hey, at least it's a bottle, not a box. Well, fair. But why? What do you think the difference is in the personality here? I don't. I don't get it. Because if it was Pet Cemetery, yeah. which it felt like at the start when he introduced himself to Pop Metal, yeah, when he came when he came to the room, it felt very much like when Gage came back from the dead. Yeah, like yeah, they come back not the same sometimes. Oh my god, that kid's terrifying, Fucking horrible. Um, sometimes dead matter. There you go. Thank you. Uh, but it, it almost feels to me a bit kind of parasitic. Do you know what I mean? And that there's something that's taken over yeah, and possessed his vibe. yeah, that possessed his body. But is learning, so he knows he can't just stand there and be weird and make weird faces. Yeah. He has to now adapt and become more normal, otherwise people are going to catch on. Yeah. And it feels like an evolving parasite. Well, he feels like he was doing these actions on purpose to get the cop. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like he's trying to build some it's sort. Fate. He's trying to build some sort of like army. I don't want to hop back to Stranger Things Bug again. Army. The bugs, it's the bugs. Just Could be the bugs. Me, makes me keep thinking of Starship Troopers. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place in my head at the moment. I mean, I need some time to digest And that isn't just the gin, you've only had no, three. well, strong gins though. Um, fairly yeah. but uh, yeah the Meryl situation is extremely interesting he even arranges an estate agent viewing um, you know there and right. gets uh, this estate agent over so she's chatting away and she's like mm-hmm. he's like oh I know the history of the house blah 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 you all got a preview Which, of that for me last yeah, week yeah we, we told last week Episodes. it was literally an hour and a half ago I don't know who I am anymore marathon um, and uh, and then and then he says to her so he's like do you have any children? Oh, yeah, one's... Yeah. Kind of, so you can still have children then? Sorry, that is either the worst pickup line of all time Terrible or you're trying line. to, like, breed an army here. It, is, it did feel, like, breedy. Right, so um, just just as a reference, and I know you're currently coupled, if you have become single again, then yeah. don't ever use that as a pickup line. Got it, yeah. Because it ain't going to work. Okay, right, And if noted. it does, you, you don't, don't let want me just, that. Let me just write that down. Yeah. yeah, got it, good, yeah, cool. set. Remember. Um, I, it's weird, isn't it? Goo, what, gooey... Men have been, you know, oh. reanimated. That is not a, you know, euphemism in any way, shape, or form. And he's asking about breeding with this estate agent woman. That's like mm. going up to a, a woman in the bar and going, "Are you still of childbearing age?" I mean, uh, what is wrong with you? Some people are just very efficient, and that's that's fine. If that's your jam, that is absolutely fine. So he's recruiting some sort of army, uh, and whilst this crazy storyline is going on. Annie has broken down into what a psychotic break, essentially. I really and felt for Annie. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, to sympathise with Annie Wilkes. It's such an interesting, it's such an interesting it's situation. It's quite a challenging feeling, isn't it? I, it is. And I really, I'm more so I sympathise with Joy because yeah, I feel poor sorry, fucking kid. I feel sorry for her. I mean, she's been lied to her whole life, sheltered. She's finally waking up to the world, as it were, and and... Her poor mother's had a psychotic break. Uh, her mother's had a psychotic break, killed some of an ice cream scoop, and then thinks that he's reanimated as far as she knows. So she's like, yeah, I am going to sedate you, um, and I am going to tie you to the bed. Seems <laughs> perfectly logical. It's uh, it's the, the contingency plan, yeah. you know, if she has an episode. I think it's In a good... an emergency. I think it's a solid plan. It is a solid plan. Very um, solid And this plan. was very interesting in a way, because it was a reverse misery for, for yeah. me. Like... We'll talk about some other stuff in King Corner, but 
it was it was just interesting seeing Annie Wilkes in this position. It's like they're taking some of the things that we you know know in Stephen King law and they're just subverting them, just to flip them and say, hey, what if this happened? And hey, what if this happened? And what if this happens? And that's what makes her do what she does to Paul Sheldon. Well, that's it. I mean, or but you know, what if it's just completely different? Or, I don't know. It's fascinating. And we also don't know if Paul Sheldon's already happened. We don't. Well, no, we don't. You know, I'm, I'm not saying this story of hers is actually completely different. Yes, there may be certain characters in it that are the same. Maybe her ex-husband, who we know that she didn't kill, mm. and, uh, and you know, maybe some of the victims she had at these different hospitals that she visited. But this whole story seems completely different to me. It feels like we're, you know, either 20 years behind where she was when she killed Paul Sheldon, or yep. she might have already done it. And who knows? She said she's done some terrible things. Or she's she might never things. do it. Exactly. This, reality. this could be a redemption story of this character. Mm. We could see her um, thrive and become something else. And that's interesting to me as well. It's, I don't think it will end that way. I mean, Castle Rock's very depressing. Nothing really ever happens that you want it to do. I don't think she's having a happy ending here. No, no. doesn't seem that But this is quite a a protracted series of scenes. And I I really perversely enjoyed them for a lot of reasons. So when she wakes up, she's like, oh, it's just an emergency. Mm. The the pills aren't right. And and Joy says, until you take your pills, um, I won't let you out. I won't won't untie you. That's Mm. it. So you see her and you can tell she's not taking these pills, right? 100% 100% mm-hmm. you can see she hasn't swallowed Well, it's, it's it's your standard. Uh, it's Slip exactly it what Sheldon did. All Sheldon did in um, yep. in in Misery. He hoarded all of the, the pills, remember, and then tried to put it in her wine. Then she knocked the wine over, and that cracked me up. Poor, um, Paul. poor Paul. So it's the same sort of thing. Um, she was never going to take the tablets. She believes strongly that they're, they're bad for her. Yeah. Um, I'd be really interested to go back and and pause on the scene where uh, Joy is reading a book to to Annie and see if it's like something like Misery's uh, yeah. Revenge or whatever. Well, we said in the previous episode that when she was listening to one of her audiobooks, it, it sounded very Misery-like and mm. we put money on the fact it was a nod to Misery 110%. Yeah. Uh, we did see some books in her possession um, and I imagine this sounded very Misery-like as well. So... I would I would put money on it being misery to be honest with you, and she said she liked reading to her father. We know she murdered her father. Very interesting stuff. Mm. Well, we know in our timeline we know that happened. So yeah, but this all then fucking escalates, right? Uh, it gets very bad. Yes, I would say escalation is a very timid word for it. Um, the way in which she tries to free herself from these bonds, um, it it makes for a great visual horror and storytelling because you're getting this very visceral desperate attempt to to break the rope but at the same time blood everywhere cuts on these white bed sheets rain thunder outside it's very you know disconcerting the discombobulation of her shoulder you know when it pops out of her socket and it's just i can't do dislocation yeah it's it a makes bit me much. feel really unwell. Um, but that just goes to show how fucked up she is at this point. She's in trouble. Yeah. Like, she is, she's lost the plot. and But she's also desperate to save Joy, right? Because she believes that banging on the door is Ace Merrill. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what really... I don't think that's what starts her trying to break free, but that's what panics her in the end. Mm. Um, and, you know, she's just completely lost the plot. Um, but it's not Ace Merrill. It's the doctor just asking if she's all right. Yeah, and to be honest, if I was Joy, I'd be like, no, she fucking yeah, isn't. Yeah, what is Joy thinking? Come and help Joy please? should be like, nah, I desperately need some help here. Yeah, I think I think the thing for Joy, and, and I really do understand this, is that 
she's probably not quite ready to admit to the outside world. Yes, she might have admitted it. And, you know, she said to her mother, and we'll come back to this, said to Annie, like, tell me the truth. Stop lying. Tell me the truth. All you ever do is lie. Maybe she's not ready to stop the outside lie, only the internal one. Yeah. In their little world. That's very fair. Um, Because she does. So she asks Annie to stop lying and and to tell her the truth. and, And she starts telling a story about her father, right? Yeah. And that is the story about the father chasing them is not true as far as i'm concerned it's all also a lie um we know that well from our as i said from our timeline we know that she didn't kill her husband and we never know why she didn't kill her ex-husband he left or cited her for mental illness essentially yeah and abuse i think mental and, yeah, abuse and and he was never killed so our understanding or my understanding of it is that you know that is not the reason they're running. The reason they're running is because she's obviously killed other people along the way. We saw at the start of the season that to be the case, i.e. her father, or, you know, we said it could be a Paul Sheldon, could be someone like that. Mm. It's it's yeah. interesting. I suppose it also depends because in, in, in the story of Annie Wilkes that we know, she doesn't have joy. Well, exactly. So so I suppose it, we uh, have to... And we still don't think that joy is hers anyway. Like, I mean, I think... Well, you don't, I do. Okay, interesting. I do. I, I, I think that she is the result of abuse. Okay. I think she's a, a, a baby from abuse. Okay. And I think that Joy killed the man that was abusing her and Jesus. the father of the baby, and that's where Joy came from. Fair enough. There we go. Heard it here first. I'm really fucked up, though, so that who is, knows? That is very uh, true. <laughs> but I think, like, it is also really hard to know. Maybe she just nicked the baby from somewhere. Mm. Well, well, who fucking knows? We're going to find out so much more. Um, the episode ends with uh, Joy seeing that Annie is almost free, blood everywhere. Yeah. She is looking an absolute state here. Um, if you walked in on that, you'd be like, what is going on here? That is mental. Uh, so Joy clearly just goes, yeah, I'm out of here. See ya. Out the door. Where's she gone, though? Probably to her mate's house. I'd go to my mate's house. She's got mates now. That's true, she has got three friends. Yeah, and she knows where they live in the little huts around them. Um, Annie runs outside, pouring down rain, blood everywhere all over her face, sees bearded hat ghoul man that she's been seeing with the typewriter noise. Yep, either Paul Sheldon, daddy boyfriend, baby daddy. We have no idea. And then, you know, as she's trying to eat her rat pills to try and calm herself down, because, you know, the pills that she didn't eat. um, Normally, like just getting them out of a rat, eat those pills. Uh, she hears a door close, stands up, bearded ghoul man's in there and says, you know what, you, you, you're going to end up killing her, essentially. You were always going to hurt her. Jesus, brutal. And the episode ends. Fucking, like, I mean, that, even that 30 minutes discussing that was a roller coaster of emotions, watching it. What have we just talked about in that 30 minutes? It feels like a blur, but then I also feel like we've talked about, like, body snatchers, vampires. The fly. The flock. We talk about fucking starship troopers. Oh, everything! Just it's all going goo. on. Goo, lots of goo. Too Goals. much, too much goo. Eating eggs whole, or pears. Who knows? The state agents and how you know if they can have children or not. You know, there's so many things we just covered in that. It's a magical that, time for you. Thirty-three minutes. So the the bearded ghoul man. Who do we think he is? Well, it's either her father, mm-hmm. or Sheldon. Now, or a writer. It has to be a writer. It has to be. Because of the typewriter. Because of the typewriter. I mean, yeah. it would make no sense to me. Uh, now, what would be logical maybe is if her father was a writer. Yeah. Um, or father wrote stories and like she killed him whilst he was typing or something. 
I'm just saying that's an option. But otherwise, it has to be Sheldon or it has to be an author. I, I feel like Beardy Ghoulman yeah. is Joy's dad. Okay. Regardless of who he is, whether that's mm. Annie's father or yeah. it's a Paul Sheldon or a writer or yeah. whoever it is, I feel like that is Joy's dad. Okay. Well, you know, watch this space. It's all, it's all going mm. on. And you can let us know your thoughts Please and do. theories because we need lots of theories. Ours are, you know, a bit Too dr- tired drunken and tired and we're in a bit of a tiz, as they say. So you can let us know. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That's fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. And let us know your theories and any Easter eggs we might have missed. And speaking of Easter eggs, it's time for King Corner. Whoop. I'm innocent, Red. Just like everybody else here. The house is burning. Hi, Georgie. I'm afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat. Red rum! Red rum! Hello and welcome back to King Corner. It's the time where I take charge and talk nonsense about stuff I've read about Stephen King and in Stephen King novels. Mm, And we try and link it to stuff, mm, sometimes very successfully. Sometimes a little loosely. Sometimes it's garbage, but here we go. So, we talked a little bit earlier about when uh, when Ace Merrill gets his estate agent to show him around the house. Yeah, and how she can have kids or not, big time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've already mentioned a couple of things here, very kind of body snatchers, gooey kind of weird shit. Yeah, um, a li- things. A little bit kind of Tommyknockery, strange thingsy. Not yeah, I can see the Tommyknockers link. I can see the Tommyknockers link, but I'm not a fan of it. Um, no, I, I'm not. I think it's I think it's pretty loose. Um, but we also, again, it kind of comes back to that whole, you're not quite normal, you're going to come with me, pet cemetery thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Which we're going to keep going on about. But previously at the Marston House, Annie is in there. And we talked about the guy that's walking around behind her in the corridors. Eggy in man, yeah. Yeah, we don't know his eggy man at the time. Yeah. Um, does that remind you of any other recent adaptations of Stephen King? Uh, Gerald's Game. Yeah. And the weird figure that loiters. Creepy out. Bone Man. I mean, he is terrifying. When I first saw that, imagine, right, being in bed. And there is that illness that people get, sleep paralysis. Yeah. And... I've watched a couple of documentaries about sleep paralysis. Scary, isn't it? Some of the stuff that people see during sleep paralysis is genuinely terrifying. Like the old lady is obviously like one of the most famous ones. It's just like it's this old woman just on top of you screaming in your face and crawling up to your bed. Len, I live on my own. Yeah, sorry. Fuck me. I'm never going to sleep again. So when I saw that in Gerald's game and I saw that bone man standing there, I was like, oh, fuck. She is, you know, she's lost it. It's like sleep paralysis or she's like just just given up but no he was real and so was uh egg scary eating man eggy man egg man egg man dc or not dc yeah well that's it <laughs> um oh that's i'm never gonna have a good night's sleep don't ever again. get sleep paralysis i've never had it but, no, but now horrible. i'm just gonna have nightmares about an old lady crawling on top of me and screaming She's, in I my think face the legend is the old crone is the what they call i'm it. gonna ask you Go- to stop talking about okay this yeah let's stop talking yep. google stop. it stop google it people. um so when uh, talking kind of pet cemetery ace as we were a little minute ago, mm. when he comes back and he uh, he goes in to see Pop and Pop's like, where the fuck have you been? I thought you were dead. Where has he been then? Oh, just my favourite place in Maine, Derry, of yeah. course. Uh, so obviously it too just came out recently. Me and John covered that. If you want to check that out, it's in this uh, in the channel. So um, it too, 
quite good. Not as good as it chapter one. Um, but Derry, a very, very famous place in uh, Stephen King lore mm-hmm. and obviously the home of Pennywise and, you know, the kids there. Another fucking creepy thing that's never going to get out of my head tonight. Yep. <sighs> now, we've talked a little bit about this. We've mentioned Gerald's Game. We've mentioned um, Misery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about when Annie's tied to the bed, right? Because what it seems to do is flip between these two things. So when we first see her, yeah, she wakes up. Her hands are tied to the bedposts and she's sort of panicking and freaking out. It's very much like Gerald's game. Yeah. When she first wakes up, she's like, shit, I'm after she's kind of passed out. Shit, and she had a dream. And, yeah. 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 Um, I'm tied to the bed. This is awful. But then it kind of flips back to misery with the whole kind of giving her, giving her her pills, reading yeah. her a story, taking yeah. her food. And then it switches back to Gerald's game again. With the glass. Yeah. But this is this is worse, I think. I mean, not worse than the no degloving. No way. But for me, it made me feel I watched this, whereas I haven't watched the degloving. Yeah, don't watch the degloving. I don't want to watch it. We talked about it last episode. Don't watch it. But, oh, the whole, like, getting shards of glass in your mouth and, like, she's fucking bleeding everywhere. Yeah, it's brutal. It was um, rough, wasn't it? Yeah, and Gerald's game, like we said, is is heavily influenced this season. I don't know what... what they've obviously just love watching that on Netflix. And they're like, oh, shit, that's cool. Let's keep doing that. Let's keep degloving poor women's Ugh, hands. Disgusting. Um... Did you spot, Len, mm. a nod to the Green Mile? Uh, the rats? The mice? Yeah, oh, the little mice the walking little along mice. the wall. And Mr. Then they, Jingles. Mr. Jingles. Oh, Mr. Jingles. And then they died. But apart from that, I thought it was quite a nice <laughs> little nod. Yeah, the rat dies in the Green Mile. I thought Annie Wilkes would pick it up, <laughs> give it a little kiss, and it would be alive Come back again. To again. There and you Mr. Go. Jingles would still be alive Today. in the future. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Mr. Jingles. Jingles. Love that. Now, we've also got two references to Carrie, which are your last Easter eggs here. Can you name me either of them, Len? I know one. One would definitely be her running out of the house at the end with blood. Or She looked like Carrie, you know, the yeah. soaked hair, the red blood on her face. Absolutely. Looked like Carrie, you know, after all the pig's blood stuff. Ooh. Gross. But uh, the other one I can't think of off the top of my head, so you're going to have to tell me. So in the middle of the episode, before the whole uh, let's sedate you and tie you up in the bed thing, yep. Joy hugs Annie, or yep. Annie hugs Joy, yep. and Joy sedates her. Mm-hmm. Which, and Lucy mentioned this, I think, in episode one and episode two about the kind of troubling mother-daughter relationship being very akin to Carrie. Mm. Well, after the whole pig's blood running down your face, all the things yes. going shit in Carrie, yes. her mother sedates her when she gives her a hug while there, they're praying. There you go. So there What is... a nice nod. I mean, not it's fucked up and mental, but... You know, you know, when I watch these things, you know, the Stephen King law, even the Simpsons, for example, or something, I sit there and think they've done so much that they're always just referencing themselves. You know what I mean? There's just so much Stephen King stuff not. out there that, like, even if they were to go, like, oh, yeah, so she just sedates her. Do you reckon they even know that's, like, a carry thing? Or they're just, like, that's just... P- possibly not. You know what I mean? It just I'll be honest, I, I didn't completely... You know, it gave me that thing where I was like, I recognise that, and I know it's definitely something from something. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. I checked it, and I was like, oh, yeah, of course, I remember that. It just makes me laugh. It just makes me think, like, you know, obviously Stephen King has such a vast library of stuff, and then films, and we've covered so many of them in our <laughs> retrospectives, hilarious or no. Yeah, and... Tommy Knockers. It's, yeah, exactly. It's just, like... 
sometimes they just must be referencing just by luck and pure chance, I think. And I think well, that's the challenging thing about King Corner is that sometimes I sit there and, and actually I'd list about 20 things that cropped up and I was like, oh, that's from that. Oh, that's from that. Yeah. And actually probably it's just normal stuff, but you just think of it as, oh, you know, obviously yeah, that's exactly. a nod to it. So yeah. you have to really whittle it down. Yeah, some of them are very obvious, like the body in this, epi- in this episode was, was funny and well, a nice a twist on it and the misery and the Gerald's game twist. Yeah, and the pet cemetery and yeah. you know, all that kind it's of stuff. It's all there. But it's just funny how we read into it sometimes. But I love it. King Corner's my favourite part, so I, I really enjoy it. And I think that the surprise of it as well, I think, is quite fun. I just love um, watching the show and then noting them down. Or like shouting them out when we're watching them together. That one. Have I missed any then? Don't think so. Cujo, needful things. <laughs> no, yeah, just keep shouting the out. Body. Yeah. The body. No, the I body? The body? I think we're good. Um, but thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, if we have missed any Easter eggs, as I said, let us know. Email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening for the first time, please do subscribe to this channel if you've enjoyed it and send us a review on iTunes. Yes, please. We very much like getting those. We have earned some rest. Actually, no, let me think about this. I've got three podcasts to edit and release to you guys in the very, very, very near future. So I'm not going to bed anytime soon. You can, Emma. I've got to do the washing up first. Yeah, well, I can guarantee you the editing is going to take longer than that. <laughs> some of the garbage we've been talking. But no, uh, thank you everyone for you know joining us on our sort of delirious, boozy journey, marathon and journey. And we'll be back next week, you know, covering the show normally. One just, episode just a week. Episode four. Uno that, episode. That'll be nice, won't it? I can yeah. watch it twice. Me too. I can also, like, actually write some very detailed notes. Yeah. And not and just ramble. You. No. Thank you, Len, for no. all of your efforts today. No, thank you too. And thank you for listening to us, everybody. We will be back next week. Uh, and have a lovely week. And enjoy the episodes. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.